0: On this week's episode of Smarter Building Materials Marketing, Beth and I interview one of the leading distributors in the Atlanta market. Many manufacturers want to know how in the world do they get in with more dealers and more distributors. And Beth and I actually bring on a guy named John Vaughn who owns a large dealer network in the Atlanta market. He has multiple locations and he shares how manufacturers are successfully getting in with his business and what you can learn from them in the process. John also shares some examples of horror stories of manufacturers who have unsuccessfully targeted his business and what they're doing that's wrong. So with that being said, I hope you get some great content from this podcast. Let's get into the episode.
1: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff.
2: All right, John. Well, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
1: Hey, John. It's great having you. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners and let them get to know you?
2: Okay. Yeah. My name is John Vaughn. I'm the president of Brand Vaughn Lumber Company. We got five locations across the uh, Metro Atlanta and greater Georgia area. Live in Marietta, Georgia and excited to, to be on the show. Would you
0: say you're a lumber dealer?
2: Yeah. So we're a full line building supply company. So we sell anything from, our our name is Brand Vaughn Lumber, but uh, we do more than just lumber and plywood. We do uh, windows and doors, interior doors and trim, siding and cornice uh, and roofing material, a lot of uh, lockout packages and hardware and things like that as well.
0: I think I told you this, but we... We at Venvio affectionately call you brand Von awesome. Brand Vaughn awesome. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys, I mean, you guys have had some, some pretty tremendous growth over the last 10 years. Like, I think I saw that one graph you have in your office where, you know, you guys have been around for a while. Then the 2007, 2008, 2009, you know, economy hit. And since then you guys have just taken off
2: we've been really really fortunate i mean it really goes back to the foundation that my grandfather laid we were we started in 1946 with my grandfather and a cousin of his by marriage mr brand and 72 years of history he was just always very conservative he was always a very smart businessman and so when we got through you know the recessions throughout time between 1946 and, and 2006 you know we felt like we were positioned to for pretty good places the market was just booming and doing well. My dad got into business in 76 as well. And so there's all three generations of us together. And then 2007 hit and just the world melted down around us. Uh, we were in one location. My grandfather, because of his conservative ways, we we were in a position to be able to take advantage after the downturn hit. So like everybody in the market, Atlanta market in particular, it dropped from 63,000 housing starts down to 4,700. And so we've just gotten to the point in Atlanta and in our business that we didn't really know what we were going to what we could do with the business and with our location, uh, but because we were lean, 2010 we got aggressive and we uh, we'd been pursued by uh, different people within the market, different salespeople that wanted to find a you know family business to grow with, and we found a group of guys that really wanted to help us grow our business. And so, to late 2010, we hired some guys from a from other lumber dealers around the uh, metro Atlanta area, and it really took off. So, we went from one location in 2010 to here we are in 2018, and we're at about 800% growth since 2009, and we have five locations instead of one. And uh, so went from about 31 employees up to, to around 200, and so we are just really uh, been blessed. Uh, we've made some good decisions. We made some bad decisions along the way as well, but we really have a great team that's allowed us to grow in a way that's been sustainable. It's given us opportunity to serve our customers the right way.
0: That's really cool. If you look at the growth you've seen, John, over the last 10 years, Grant, you guys had, you know, great foundation from your dad and your grandfather to like capitalize on that. What did you guys see in the marketplace that maybe others didn't see that you took advantage of to see this growth?
2: Well, I think that it was, it was two things. I mean, we felt like a lot of things that had happened within the Atlanta market had gone away from servicing customers uh, in a way that, brought value, and it w- had become really all about people just surviving with and handing out price sheets, which isn't a, you know, I'm not trying to say anything bad about our competitors. We got a lot of really good competitors we respect, but we said, hey, we got to have a different model if we're going to compete because we didn't have some of the resources of the national competitors that are in Atlanta. And so we wanted to both service our employees in a way that they wanted to be with us and they wanted to help us grow. We want to service our customers in a way that is not just the lowest price in the market. We know we had to be competitive, but we were gonna offer value. We were gonna offer service and partnership. And so we saw that in a way that maybe some others concentrating on share, and we were concentrating on the right share, partnering with the people that saw value in what we did.
0: And for most of our listeners, John, you know they tend to be building materials manufacturers. And so for many of them, you are their target audience. Right, for sure. right. They, they love themselves from John Bond.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes.
0: So what are some things that you look for in a manufacturer who wants you to rep their product that wants you to stock their product?
2: So, you know, when we talk to these manufacturers and, and wholesalers as well, I mean, the, the, first thing that we want to understand is there's somebody that understands the entire chain, right? With a lot of the manufacturers, it's direct to us. Some manufacturer, it goes through distribution. And a lot of these manufacturers are also talking to the builders. And all of it is done with a mind for what is a homeowner going to want to buy so I can get the builder to to say this is part of our specifications. And the best manufacturers, the ones that I look for, are people that understand how important each, each person in the chain is. Understanding that they're manufacturing a product that is going to be part of the end product for our builder. They can understand if there is distribution as a part of it, that they're not just a means to an end, but they're actually somebody who's going to have to bring value in the process. And then when they're bringing us in, that it's something where we're looking to push these products into the market in a way that is representative of our brand and is representative of their brand. That Ultimately, when we get to the builder, it's something that we're united and we're going towards adding value for those builders in a way that is... That is a really, I know it sounds hokey, but it's a win-win through the entire chain. Because we've seen it on both sides. We've seen it where we're really not felt like a valuable member of the chain. And we're really, that's not somebody that we're going to spend a whole lot of our time on. Because we have a lot of things that we can do. But we want to be with people that are going to help us push value through the whole chain as a, as a team.
1: What are some of the downfalls or pitfalls that you see in manufacturers? Is there a you or trying to get you to stock their product that they just they really seem blind to?
2: That's a great question. I mean, I, I kind of think about it in two different formats, right? The first thing is understanding truly who we are and what we do. Not every lumber dealer is the same. Not every building product supply company is the same. So the manufacturers really take the time to understand the kind of business that we are are the ones that are going to bring the most kind of value and are going to be able to be the most successful with us. So if they bring a blanket marketing pitch to the entire market and they're going to talk to us who does, you know, mainly single family new construction versus somebody else who's mainly repair remodel or somebody who's only production or somebody who's only custom, then they're going to they're going to be coloring with a wide with a wide brush and they're going to miss the opportunity to find what really is 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 it that motivates Brand Vaughn lumber company and its employees to be able to go to the market with a product that they want to get there. And the other thing that I sometimes that I try to talk to our partners about uh, whether manufacturers distribution is there's three items that really that are that we can't recreate out of thin air. And it's space, and it's time, and it's money. And and time specifically is non-renewable. We can sometimes buy more space, we can figure out sourcing Uh, for more capital but we can't create more time it's not renewable Uh, so when they're coming to us with some sort of pitch is understanding hey we have to keep in mind that money is not free and it's you know it's a limited resource that space is a limited resource unless we want to spend again more money but time is the most valuable thing and that when we're coming we want to come with something that's going to i'm going to spend the time well uh, we're going to talk about the money and the space that it's going to take up and how can we maximize that to be able to get it through the through the chain.
0: Do you have any horror stories of manufacturers who have tried to come in and just fallen flat on their face?
2: Yeah, I, I,
0: I've definitely
2: got some of those. Without, without naming <laughs> without names. Without like naming don't name names. names. So, uh,
0: yeah, without naming names. No,
2: I certainly wouldn't do that. But You know, it's interesting is some of the people that you know, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of understand it. But some people that have been horror stories have also been success stories later on. But, you know, the horror stories are, are, are manufacturers who, you know, like I said earlier, they're, they're not thinking about the entire chain. They're not thinking about distribution. They're not talk, thinking about us. They take straight from manufacturing to the builder and they push through. So a situation where there was a new product introduced into the market and uh, this manufacturer went straight to the builder and said, hey, we're going to cut a deal where this makes sense for you and your business. And it's a good product. It's a great product, in fact. And um, the builder bought into the product. And then from there, it went up the chain to say, hey, we're selling customer A for this amount of money. You're gonna buy it for this amount of money and sell it to them. And then they go to the distribution and say, (laughs) well, you're buying it for this amount of money. You're selling it to to brand Vaughn for this. And so for the entire time, it was a contentious relationship hey, this is, this is a situation where at the time, this was coming out of the downturn. We kind of had to have the business. And so, but it was never anything that we were excited to push or that we were going to try to get other customers involved in or that we were going to try to make successful. I mean, we were going to make other products successful and even alternatives successful if we could because it was being held hostage.
0: Because they were trying to control your price to your channel.
2: Correct. Right? Yeah, they were. they were yeah. trying to control the price the only person's margin who they weren't controlling was their own.
0: You wouldn't you wouldn't believe it but that for some reason they didn't try to do that.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely.
0: I can I can just imagine John like in your head when when you heard hey they went to the builder and then they came to you. Right. Like they just try totally tried to circumvent like the sales channel. Yeah. Like how did how did that make you feel in that moment?
2: Warm and fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it, I mean it was what we tried to do in everything that we do, we have, a, we have a mission statement. And our mission statement is to deliver extra mile service and leave a positive impression through our commitment to the principle strength lies within. And so we try to kind of expect that out of, out of our partners as well, both from our customer side and a vendor side. And we've all read as a management team, Start With Why. We think that's a great book. And we think that the way that Simon Sinek talks about it is, you want to do business with people who believe what you believe. And we believe in partnership. And so when when that occurred, and seeing that somebody was going to say, we don't really care about brand bond. We don't care about, you know, the wholesale partner. We're just going to push this through the market because it's the best thing for our business. That's not somebody who believes what we believe. So that just kind of put them in a light that said, okay, they're in a position where they have the business, but that's not somebody that we're going to really help be successful on an ongoing basis.
0: Are you still working with them?
2: We are. And like I said, I mean, sometimes the The horror stories turn into um, success stories. That same manufacturer, you know, kind of changed their posture over time, rebuilt trust, did a good job rebuilding trust, and have put themselves in a position today where they're a trusted partner. It takes turnover. It takes time. I mean, if just turnover wouldn't have done it, right? Getting a different uh, supervisor, manager, leader, whatever the case may be, wasn't going to be something that I said, oh, okay, person A is gone, person B, you're here. Let's, you know, let's do good work together. It took uh, it took effort and it took an amount of time to rebuild trust.
1: So on the flip side, John, who is doing it well? I think you specifically mentioned when people do it poorly or manufacturers do it poorly, it doesn't get you, your team excited about selling their product. So who's right. doing it well and what are they doing to get you excited?
2: Uh, so we got, we've got partners that do it really well. They understand, like it kind of goes back to what I'm saying, These, the, the manufacturers understand who Brand Vaughn's customers are Uh, what our strategy is, where our areas of growth are, and then they add resources to say, hey, you know, you want to grow this segment of your business. Just for example, let's say, hey, you want to grow your custom builder business. Here are some resources that'll help you do it. Here's some leads as well. Hey, we've seen that they're not using our product. We'd really like to get them on our product. You sell our product in the market and you represent it in a way that we want to be partnered with. And we want people to see that Brand Vaughn and us are working together. And then they bring us programs that support that. So you gotta have all three. You gotta have the understanding of our business. You gotta have a product that's good. And you gotta have a program that's gonna be compelling to the builder. So being able to understand in the channel, hey, um, and, and we've 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 had some great partners that have come to us and said, Hey, you know, we have this opportunity in the market. We think you're the right fit for it. It fits your model either of what you're doing now. Let's go build that together.
0: Who are the manufacturers that have come in, John, that have just blown you away? Like they come in and you're like, yes, okay. Like I want like immediately to find a way to get you guys stock.
2: Uh, so kind of the situation I was just talking about, Boise Cascade engineered wood. T- their timber and wood department division was some- somebody that just came in and, you know, they just did an incredible job of of earning our business. We didn't have their product stocking at the time. And they came to put together and put together a plan and a program that, that was compelling to us and just really accelerated that business with us in a way that's um, really beyond any program that we've ever had before. And what they said was, hey, you've got this level of business. We think that you're capable with our product and our program of tripling that. And here's how we're gonna do it. And I was skeptical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, you're gonna triple yeah. my business. I've seen <laughs> this infomercial, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> I'm gonna be selling uh, some sort of magic drink that gets everybody healthy, no I mean but it was hey, okay, well, the proof's going to be in the pudding. I, I, I believe your compelling story. now let's see it. And they've far exceeded what they originally said. right Three times was them being conservative and it just allowed us to grow and have new opportunities as we've grown that. So it's been a, just a huge part of our business. And they're a huge partner, right? I mean well, you can see it in our social media, you can see it in our conversation right now that it's that they're, they're someone who brings incredible value and we have a lot of faith and trust them.
0: How often are you getting pitched each week or each month, John? Like how many times are you getting approached by
2: manufacturers? Well, our purchasing team probably, not probably, certainly gets it more than I do. You know, they're, they're having manufacturers, distributors calling on them every single day. From my perspective, people that are coming to try to see me to try to either pitch program price, product, I'm getting that several times a week.
0: So quite a bit. That's, that's still a lot to manage that.
2: It is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, my, my purchasing team was fantastic in managing that really well and being able to vet opportunities that make sense for uh, for us to sit down and have strategic conversations with. But even beyond that, you know, guys that either aren't getting where they want to get with our purchasing team or don't know the right channel to go through are coming to me. And, and I'm trying yeah, to
0: they're going up the ladder.
2: They're going up the ladder.
0: John, what advice would you give manufacturers who are wanting to grow their business with dealers?
2: So I would say uh, the first thing I'll talk about is the time piece, right? Don't just show up. People that just show up at our facility, whether it's at our main facility, which is where I am in Tucker, or an cross facility where our purchasing team is, without an appointment, just show up with something and say, hey, I need to see, need to see John. Nothing's going to get you on a list that's going to say, don't bring this person back in quicker than just showing up it shows they
0: just they just show show up blindly blindly. just knock on the door and they say I'm here I mean
2: and that's 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 people that we buy from currently and it's people that want to sell us that we don't buy from Uh, when they show up and they just expect to come in and sit down with you some people have earned that right because we know on a certain kind of cycle they're going to be there but the guys that don't haven't earned that right it's disrespectful of our time and it's disrespectful of whoever is in our, you know, whatever we're working on at the time. So if I've got either a customer or an employee or another vendor in there and they show up and they say, Hey, I'm here without an appointment or without an agenda, then that really puts you in a bad light. Cause if for some reason we end up do catching them, um, and in the hallway or they walk in back into the office area and they say, Hey, do you got just a minute? And then they don't have something that's going to bring value and it's how we doing. What's been going on? What have you been seeing? Then, then that's not something that is really valuable, bringing value, and and we're everybody's busy. I know they're busy too. So have an agenda and be processed. Have have an appointment. And have an agenda. And the second part is know your program, know your market, know that um, if you're a national brand coming into Atlanta, it's different than going into Houston or Dallas or Chicago, or and if you come in and say, well these these things are working great in this market, and it has nothing to do with what really is happening in Atlanta. That's also a way to um, really turn off a, a dealer like us, and then and then be prepared. If we have questions about product, if we have questions about program, if we have questions about pricing, hey, what are trends in the market? Know your stuff. Uh, be a, be a student of your craft, and that that buy, you know that earns you more time in the future.
1: What does it look like when you're talking to a builder and you're going to recommend a product and you you stock you know a couple of different products from competing brands? How do you make the final decision on which brand you recommend?
2: That's a good question, Beth. Um, I think a lot of what we do when we're going to our customers is kind kind of like I talked about. I want to make sure I understand what the builder needs, right? I don't want to recommend a premium window that's going to cost. $500 a window to a guy that's really looking for a single hung vinyl window that's going to cost $100, $120. So I want to understand what they're doing. But then if it's similar products, I'm going with somebody, price has got to be close. But if if my name's on the invoice or on the truck, I'm going to make sure that what I say we can do, we're going to do. Uh, And I want to be able to trust that up the chain, uh, whoever I'm talking to, uh, whoever I'm partnering with is going to be able to uh, execute on that. Program as well. So if they say their lead times two weeks, that they're consistently hitting their two week lead time. If they're saying their lead times two weeks, and sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's two, but they're missing three windows, that does me no good as a as a as a supplier to our to our customers. I'm not able to help them hit their mark, hit their what's important to them, which is days to build the house, making sure that we're cutting down on their cycle times, making sure that. They're not having any holes that are empty. So getting it out in two weeks and having one hole, that means their brick guy can't come back through. I want to make sure that what I say I can do to bring value to our customers is going to be um, supported by my manufacturing partners.
0: John, I'm sure you've seen and experienced a lot of disruption in the building products arena. Yes. What are you foreseeing that's coming down the pike in the next five to 10 years? And how are you trying to stay ahead of it? Like, I'm even thinking about Amazon. Like, if I'm you... Like, that's something I have to be considering.
2: So, I mean, I think that in our world, some of the things that are disruptors today and are going to be disruptors over the next five to 10 years are productivity gains, right? Amazon, the way that consumers buy has been fundamentally affected by how they, in a business, by, as how they've been changed as a consumer. So you're buying on Amazon, you go online, you click it, it shows up. You forget about it sometimes until it shows up. And then you see that pile of boxes when you come home and you're like, oh, no, but oh, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I think consu- from a business standpoint, that's going to change how people expect to be serviced, that they don't want to have to always talk to a human being, right, wrong, or indifferent. They don't always want to have to write up an order, create a PO, or do whatever the case may be. Or they don't have to do it between the hours of 7 and 7, right? They may want to be sitting at home at 5 o'clock in the morning and enter in an order and know that it's going to be there. Or they may want to do it at 12 o'clock at night after they've finished putting their kids to bed and watched a football game and want to shoot it in. So I think Amazon's a disruptor in the way that we buy. And then I also think that Amazon's going to, you know, the construction space is just something that's not been disrupted a lot. Um, And so that they see opportunity there. So I don't know what that looks like from Amazon. I talk about it a lot, I think about it a lot, but I'm not sure exactly what it looks like, whether they're gonna buy a, dist- a lumber yard, a national lumberyard, and use them as the distribution arm for their technology platform. But I think other disruptors are things that are gonna gain productivity for the builders, whether it's offsite construction, whether it's more panelization, more install, things like that. So what we try to do is make sure that what are the reasons they would want these things? Waste cycle time. lack of availability of labor, increased costs, how can we eliminate some of those issues that they have by owning the process uh, and handing it to them in a way that it eliminates these obstacles that are creating opportunity for offsite panelization, install, things like that.
0: Smart. So John, for our listeners, if they want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out?
2: Let me tell you, this website that we've got it is top-notch, built by the best people that you could ever believe. Venvio is our web design and social media company, and they did a tremendous job. Check out this website. Uh, it really has been. This isn't a. He didn't ask me to do this. This isn't an infomercial for Zach and his team, but uh, they took our, our website from as close to useless as it could have been because it was created. <laughs> because listen to this. It was created by a doofus. Me. I built it on my Mac. 12 years ago. And that's just really
0: well, John, you know, we are hiring. Are you looking for? uh,
2: (laughs) I would not pass the first interview. I can promise that. But no, our website has been a fantastic uh, medium for us. It's uh, B as in brand, V as in Vaughn Lumber.com. You can follow us on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can find us on all three of those mediums uh, to be able to interact with our customers, potential customers, potential employees, vendors all that. And it really is. I'm not just saying that Zach and his team, he's got a fantastic team that built a fantastic website and, and help us with our social media, our digital marketing in a really, really big way.
0: Well, I, I really appreciate that, John. I think not to dode too much on you guys, but you know, we really appreciate you know the opportunity to work with you and the fact that you guys are so progressive and coming on the show and sharing with people your success and hopefully giving advice to other manufacturers, you know, to make them more successful, I think just speaks to, you know, your core values that you shared earlier. So, you know, we want to thank Beth and I would just want to thank you for coming on. And again, to our listeners, you should check out John's website and check out what they're doing at brand Von Lumber. If you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com forward slash podcast and subscribe there on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks everybody.
1: You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit benvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.